Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. P with Mr. P Explorers, and if you are tuning in right now, you are back for yet another episode of Mr. P's Tales from the Road. How the hell are ya? How's everybody doing out there on this humid, hot, and sticky gloomy northern Ohio day. I don't know what it's like where you guys are at, but where I'm at right now, it is very humid. Uh, you know, we're up there in the upper 80s, and it's just that nice, thick, late July weather that you love so much. Uh, you know, it's what it is, but uh, hopefully wherever you're at, it's a little cooler, maybe, I don't know. Uh, I know I have to go out into this in a little while and actually attempt to do some exercising here, so I'm not relishing the idea of that, but uh, other than that, things are pretty good. I hope you guys are having a great week. I got a lot to talk about in this episode. Uh, there's a lot going on right now. Uh, I, as, as summer closes down for me, right, August is kind of, you know, the, the, the funnel into which I go in, back to school here very shortly. I'm trying to fit all this different stuff in, um, and there's just a lot going on. So uh, I am actually heading out to New York this weekend, to eastern New York again. We're doing a, an out-and-back trip, uh, basically Saturday and a little bit of Sunday and on our way back. Uh, so I'm excited about that. I don't know what we're going to do yet. There's lots of stuff in that part of the world. <laughs> we'll see. Um, the weekend after that, I'm actually going to New York City, as I've mentioned in other shows. I'm going to New York City to check out some things in Brooklyn, Queens, that kind of thing. I'm really looking forward to going back to the World's Fair uh, site, where there's some really cool old ruins to, to shoot that I want to reshoot, so I'm excited about that. I Just New York City in general. It's New York City. You, know, you can't go wrong with that. There's all kinds of stuff, you know, between the graffiti and uh, the elevated stuff and the, the, the old buildings, and it just there's all kinds of neat stuff to see there. Um, even if none of it's abandoned, I'm fine with that. There's plenty to shoot. Uh, so that's exciting. Um, <laughs> the other day, I did something that we, we had an episode not long ago uh, that we talked about uh, AI and, and how that's affecting things in all kinds of artistic ways. And I, I actually broke down and tried chat GTP, and uh, holy shit. Uh, that that's not that's not nobody's lying about how crazy that is. It's kind of terrifying, but like yet cool at the same time. Um, I actually designed my a, a TV show script based on things that I inputted, and it created this whole framework. And it was it was just almost like wow. I can understand why the guys in Hollywood, the actors and the writers, are up in arms. I can understand where this could be totally something that would mess things up for them. So it just it is a crazy situation uh, on how that's developing. It's it's almost. Kind of, I kind of likened it to the very beginning of the internet age when, when you know, you because you know, being a, a Gen Xer like me, right? I'm old. Uh, I remember a time when we didn't have the internet. I went to college, and all of a sudden, here's this cool thing called AOL, where you can talk to people in other states instantly. And it was kind of like one of those moments where you're like, oh, holy crap! You know, it's one of those, those, those. You can see where the next step is going. Um, so, kind of fascinating, but at the same time, kind of scary. Uh, it's free to check out. I would give it a shot just so you can see what, what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, so those are the things that are going on. Uh, recently, um, I uh, actually last weekend, I took a trip up to Detroit, as I am often doing, uh, and uh, I hung out with one of my close personal friends who, uh, you know, we were out that day, and we decided to go visit a place um, south of Detroit where... Something rather disturbing kind of happened in, in the last couple months, you know, in the beginning of the year, and uh, this place is about to be demolished, and we, we actually had permission to be there, um, but uh, something really horrible happened at this site, and, and as they're prepping it for demolition, we were able to go in and, and take some shots of the place and, and get some, some so, you know, a, a last look at it. Uh, it's an actually, it's, it's, it's close to Monroe, Michigan. It's an old... I don't know if it's an orphanage, I don't know what you'd call it, it was kind of a, it started off as a seminary school, 
uh, for the African-American churches, seminary school, for African-American men uh, way back in the day. And then it evolved into something called Boysville, which is basically a, I don't know if it's a halfway house or what it was, but kids with trouble went there. Kids that were in trouble went there, and it was a school and uh, reformatory, I guess, reforming them, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, uh, back in March... Uh, sadly, a 23-year-old woman was found murdered uh, inside the gym of this facility. Um, she had been found, uh, she went missing, and about a week later, she was discovered there by police, and, uh, you know, it's just, this whole thing's been unfolding, and, you know, as I found out the history of this place, I didn't realize that this, as we were on our way there, uh, my friend was telling me about this, and, you know, we went to check this out, um, but it's, uh, it was just a horrible story. Right, uh, she was murdered by three individuals, and from what I have read since then, there are other suspects in in this case. But three people that we know for sure that were there, uh, one of them may have been her boyfriend. Um, they basically led her to the property and, and shot her several times, from what I could find out. A couple times in the back, once in the head. And they basically dragged her into the gym and left her there and, like, wrapped her up. They put tape, they must have put tape over her mouth before they did this, but they, they left her there dead. They, they wrapped her up in one of those big uh, mats that you get in a gym class, those big those wrestling mats that were left behind. They wrapped her up in that, and uh, they left her there. And she bled out on the floor and was dead. Like, it, just a horrifying, horrifying story. Uh, this 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 girl had you know just young had had a, had a, had, a, had a child, uh, and I don't know all the situation. Nobody really knows what the, the the connections were and what was going on. Obviously, foul play. Something bad happened. I don't know if these were friends of hers or acquaintances. Something obviously went south, and she was shot and killed. Uh, but horrible, horrible situation. So we, when we got there, um, it was very disturbing because uh, you know they had obviously come in to do the. Um, you know, the coroner had come in, and they had left all their gloves and stuff behind. And on the floor of the gym was the decay marks, you know, where the blood had 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 spilled, and where her body had laid. You could see the the outlines of her arms and the head, and it just, uh, right. And it it just it hit me really, really, really hard. Uh, this was this was this you know in all of the urban exploration I've done so far in five years, this was the first time I've come face to face with you know physical evidence of mortality right and the worst part of it some of her hair had been left behind like stuck to the floor uh it was just oh it was it was horrific um i did not take pictures of it absolutely not uh i i just that that whole gym just had a, a just a heavy heavy feel almost like you know the 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 after effects the energy of it was still there like just kind of lingering you know heavy uh, we stayed away from the gym. I took a picture of the gym. Um, I did not include that portion of the gym. Uh, I, and then we went on to the rest of the building. But it was just, it was just a, I don't want to say life-changing, but it was definitely something that hit me. You know, it, it's, it's still with me right now, a week later, just how uh, awful that was and, and how it continues to be. You know, here's this, this woman whose kid uh, is now motherless. Um, I hope they find out what happened. I hope the people that did this get get what's coming to them. Uh, I hope there's justice for this. But uh, it was just it was an experience, uh, and I wanted to share it with you guys. It was just it was just one of those things where um, I didn't know what to say when I was there. It was so heavy, like it just felt heavy. Now I'm not talking about ghosts or anything like that, but the energy, the residual of you know, I don't know if it was just you know mental or if it was psychological or what it was, but I felt uh, you know it just was heavy. 
It was heavy, heavy, heavy. And as soon as we left the room, the heaviness was gone. Like, we walked into the rest of the building, this big building with, you know, classrooms and chapels, and it, it, it was different, a different ball game. But this really was ouch. So they are tearing it down. Please don't go out there and cause trouble. Um, there, there, there are crews there. We had, like I said, we had permission to be there. Um, don't go out there and cause trouble. <laughs> They're going to be tearing it down here any day. All right. By the time, actually, by the time this this hits uh, later on today, it's probably going to be in the process of being torn down. I don't know. But anyway, so that was just uh, you know I, I, some things to share uh, in the wacky wild world of Mr. P in the last week. Um, the, 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 moving on to better things, to, to, to less, to less horrible things. Um, today I want to talk about a place, um, that has become very, very, uh, entwined in my, in my adventures, a place that has really become a place that I like to go to often to reshoot and to just kind of wander around and explore. Uh, it's a place that I, I have been to many, many times, uh, with friends, um, it's a go-to that I, I, I go to every time I go to the city of Detroit. Uh, so today's a Detroit story. Yay for that. All right. Uh, I, I have tons of Detroit stories, but this one's definitely um, one of my favorite places we're going to talk about anyway today. So uh, what I want to talk about today uh, is a place that, um, that everybody in Detroit knows. Uh, if you've been to Detroit or if, you've ever, if you're from Detroit, you know this place. It's, it's kind of one of those go-tos that everybody goes to. It's kind of a, a beginner building, but it's such that you go back so many times because it's, it's just it's intriguing. It's an intriguing place. Um, so, you know, when you get off of I-94 in Detroit at Russell Street and you turn down the unassuming patched blacktop of Piquette Avenue, all right, totally unaware of the deep historical background you're, you're cruising through, all right, this is where, um, uh, you know, Ford and some different other companies had, had buildings, uh, and you pull up to what is now known as the Fisher Body Plant for the first time, you cannot help but sh- stare up in awe at the sheer scale of what you're witnessing, okay? The Fisher Body Plant is a massive, massive building. Uh, five, I guess six stories of pure Albert Kahn industrial architectural beauty looming above you. Now, who's Albert Kahn? Funny you should ask. Uh, I'm going to ha- be doing an episode on him very soon. Uh, a little historical lesson for you guys coming up soon on Albert Kahn, who he is, why we love him. It's coming up soon on another episode. All right, but this building, when you pull up to it, it just blots out the light in its shadow. Like you pull up to it, and at the certain times of the day, you just you're just in the shadow of this building. It's huge. It's vast. All right, there's this massive architectural beauty. Um, it reminds you of a time when most of the country's automobiles came in part from this monolithic structure, this ruin that you're dwarfed by. Um, you know, as you as you peer up at this building, you know, its long, de-windowed eyes stare down at you. They look like eyes, literally staring down at you, hollow and jagged, where once panes of blue glass shone in the sun. All right, you pull around the building uh, onto Harper Avenue, and that is where you truly get an idea of, of what this place, you know, looks like, what, the, what true industrial grandeur looks like, especially back in the day in Detroit. You know, as you're parked on Harper, you look up and you're staring through this old and rusting barbed wire fence that surrounds what we're assuming used to be the parking lot of Fisher Body Plant 21. And your eyes scan this mammoth block long structure. 
know, parts of it collapsing. There's an elevator shaft that's collapsing. That you know, we'll get into that later. Uh, there's giant metal stacks that are still standing attached to the building. Uh, you know, it looks like a movie set from some like you know dystopian future sci-fi movie. It's huge. There's these you know doorways and holes that have been ripped into the side of the building. You know, to this dark, you know, beckoning you to explore the the dim recesses of what used to be one of Detroit's many bustling and powerful automobile factories. Just a huge, huge place. Uh, you, you can't help but feel something when you pull up to this building. Um, uh, I've been there many times. I have a couple different stories I'll tell you guys from Fisher. I want to give you a little bit of history on Fisher. All right. Um, many of you maybe have heard the slogan, Body by Fisher. And it may not mean much to people today, but back in the day, uh, in the early days of the auto industry, it, it carried a ton of weight. Uh, this was a, 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 you know, it was a saying that's, that's right up there with, uh, you know, any, any modern day slogan you might hear. People knew what Fisher was back in the day. Um, so to tell the story, we got to go back to the beginning of the, of the 20th century, early 1900s, when cars were first starting being built, right? Cars were just first being mass produced. Uh, and of course, Detroit was the center of all that. Um, you know, uh, back in the day, you know, if you know anything about cars today, everything's fully integrated. You know, automobile chassis, you know, are, are what you make a car with, you know, the, the body of the car. Um, back in those days, um, they had basically, it was a, the, 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 the passenger part of the car where you drove was actually a modular component that you could swap out into different bodies and, and different makes and models. So they could actually use the same um, passenger section and put it into different cars. Um this, this went all the way back to, like, horse-drawn carriages. That's how far back we're going here. All right. Uh, the Fisher Body Company, uh, which was formed in 1908 by Albert Fisher and his wonderful nephews, Charles and Fred, uh, initially produced bodies for both horse-drawn carriages and for these early cars, for the, for the auto industries. Uh, they dropped the carriages in 1911 when they saw the, the writing on the wall. Carriages were out. Cars were in. Uh, you know, it's a new age. Um at the time, auto bodies were made, you know, of, of shaped wood and metal. Um, you know, it was a very complicated process that, that was done by tradesmen, you know, at the time. And uh, automakers discovered it was way more cost effective to outsource that construction and have another company build the, the, that, that component for them. So by 1910, Fisher Body was producing these, these, these automotive bodies for the big names, the biggins, right? Cadillac, Ford, Studebaker, Hudson, uh, and a bunch of other ones. Um, you know, and, and as the car industry took off, and it went fast, all right, Fisher had to expand its operations. They built 40 plants in, like, the space of, like, five years. Uh, obviously in Detroit. Uh, there was one here in Cleveland. We used to have a Fisher body in Cleveland that's long gone. Um, Flint, Michigan, which one of their buildings is still there. Uh, even up in Ontario, uh, Ontario, um, I'm, what I'm assuming is, is, is Canada. I don't know. Uh, don't know. I'm assuming. Um, now, they were all numbered and different. You know, body, Fisher Body 10, Fisher Body 15, they, they all had numbers. Uh, 21 was the one built on Piquette Avenue uh, in Detroit in 1919. Right down the street from Henry Ford's original workshop. Literally a stone's throw away. You can throw a stone from Fisher and pretty much hit the original uh, workshop of Henry Ford. That's how close it was. All right. Now, the building was, of course, designed and built by legendary architect Albert Kahn. All right, who built lots of the buildings in Detroit. We're going to get into that in another episode. We'll talk all about Albert Kahn another time. Um, it, it was this, this huge mammoth six-story building, and, and, and it was made from one of Albert's 
you know, personal uh, invention. Well, not personal inventions, but one of the one of the things he used in his buildings, which was reinforced concrete. All right, reinforced concrete construction with the, with the, with the columns, uh, with walls of windows to to allow in the natural light. Right back then, there actually would have been glass in the windows. Um, so the plant began to turn out Buicks and Cadillac bodies in the 20s, the 1920s. So 100 years ago, the, the ruin that we know today as Fisher Body Plant was just churning out Buick and Cadillac auto bodies, right, for the cars that were coming out of there. Um, General Motors had moved most of its body work to Fisher in, in 1917 and basically bought out Fisher. Uh, General Motors bought Fisher, and they merged in 1926. And but they kept the name; they kept, they kept the saying "Body by Fisher." They kept it because so many people knew about it and, and recognized it that they they decided it would be good for business if they kept Body by Fisher. All right. Um, and, and around that time, that's when when the Fisher brothers, their company, they built their landmark 30-story headquarters right across from the General Motors building in, in the new center area of Detroit. All right, if you've never been there, I highly recommend going to see the Fisher building. It is one of the most beautiful buildings I have ever walked through. Um, you could, it, it's basically it's office space and that kind of stuff. Now there's a, a ground level that has, you know, there's a barber shop in there and a purely Detroit store. There's all kinds. It, it's just amazing. The Art Deco, be- the beauty of the Fisher building has to be seen to be believed if you're ever in Detroit make sure you stop by the Fisher building, all right? It's like you, you can see it from Fisher Body. That's, the, that's, that's, that's where it's at, all right? Um, now, I mean, the Fisher Body plant was the scene of a lot of historical stuff that happened in Detroit. There were uh, violent strikes that happened at General Motors and, 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 and in result as the Fisher Body as well. Uh, the late 30s, you saw all kinds of, of, of strikes, and they got, they got nuts. They got violent. People were, you know, back in the day of the Pinkertons, where they'd bring the Pinkertons in to try to break the strike. Um, it, was, it was vicious. There had some vicious strikes there. Um, you know, obviously, at that time, work would be ground ground to a halt. You would not get any any work out of anybody during a strike. Um, in fact, uh, you know, Fisher, the 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 sit downs. There was a sit down strike at the facility in Flint, which was their number one body plant. Number one, uh, it was the first organized labor actions by the United Auto Workers. Is what happened there, and that's kind of that's that's why it's such a big deal. Talk about all this stuff. That was this was the beginning. All right. Um, now, of course, as time goes on, Fisher, the Fisher Body Plant 21 uh, in Detroit, retooled itself during World War II. They started churning out stuff for planes and anti-aircraft guns and tanks and all kinds of other stuff. You know, everybody across the country was doing that. Every, con- every, every factory pretty much stopped doing what they were doing and built for the war effort. And, and Fisher Body Plant was no different. Um, after the war... Uh, FBP 21 started creating uh, work on buses. They did buses and limousines and ambulances. Um, and it, it, it kept that up until 1982. General Motors announced that it closed, was going to close 21, and eventually they moved all the limousine production to Flint. And the last day, ironically, of production was April Fool's Day, 1984. That is when Fisher Body Plant officially closed. Um, it did see a couple more years as another company. Um, uh, apparently, they sold it to a place called Carter Color Coat Company, which is why on the top floor, if you go up, there's all the painting booths. All right, they purchased it in 1990, and they used it for industrial painting. So I don't know exactly what they were painting, but uh, if you go up to the, the fifth floor, you'll see all the tracks, right, and the uh, painting booths. All right, uh, and by 1993, the place went bankrupt, and they abandoned the plant. 
And eventually, ownership of the site reverted to the city of Detroit in 2000, and that brings us to kind of the abandonment and, you know, the slow decay into what we have today. All right. Um, now, <laughs> uh, despite the fact that this place is, is, is real close to, to, you know, downtown and Wayne State University and all the gentrification that's going on, uh, there's a big problem with, with Fisher Body Plant, um, you know, this lifetime of industrial processes at Fisher left the site completely contaminated. It is an EPA nightmare. All right, in 2004, uh, Michigan Department of Environmental Quality showed up and did just everything on the checklist, you know, asbestos materials, lead waste, uh, you know, industrial equipment that was left behind, storage tanks that had chemicals in it, you know, solid and hazardous debris and wastes, contaminated soil and concrete in and around the plant. Everything was contaminated. Um, you know, you name it, arsenic, beryllium, cadmium, chromium, cyanide, lead, mercury, nickel, silver, dallium, and, and, and PCBs galore. That's what they found in the soil here. So this place today still is, is very, very, very contaminated, uh, which is why it's surprising to me that anybody, as we're going to get to, is going to do something with this place. It's, it's that the cleanup that's going to have to happen here for anything good to happen, even if they tear the place down completely, is going to be outrageously expensive. All right. Um, now the EPA did some remediation around 2008. They took some of the, the, uh, the contaminated equipment away. They took all the wooden blocks that, that were on the floor. It was a Fisher body plant used to have wooden blocks up and down on every floor. The, the, the wood block creosote blocks that you see in a lot of factories took all that out. Um, they took out all these old storage tanks. Um, they put a million dollars into it, but the site is still completely contaminated. Like, they didn't make a dent in it. Um, you know, and it's been slowly declining and decaying ever since, you know, being broken down by the elements. You know, of course, you know, over the years, kids and people have come in and, and smashed windows, which lets the water in. Uh, you know, it starts the, the concrete crumbling. Uh, several sections of the floor have caved in. Right, if you've ever been on the first floor of Fisher, you know that because you've been, you've seen the floor completely caved in. Uh, I, I want to say, either somebody set a fire with accelerant underneath one of the support beams, and that's what brought the floor down. Uh, I've heard rumor that the scrappers did that. The scrappers tried to remove a beam, and the floor collapsed. I don't know what the truth is. All right, it happened in the early 2010s. I don't know. But if you've ever been to Flisher, 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 Fisher, all right, you've seen uh, the collapsed floor that's kind of, you know, you can kind of climb up it. That's the section I'm talking about. Um you know, the water, there's water damage everywhere. There's giant puddles. Uh, it, just the floor is a mess. Um, you know, there, there have been fires. There People have set fires. In fact, the last one that I remember hearing about was maybe a year or two ago. Someone set fire in the, in the at that time, which was the only entrance into the building. Someone set fire to all the wood there. There's a bunch of wood and scrap that had been piled up inside the, the entrance. Somebody set fire to that. A friend of mine actually messaged me with a picture. He had driven past there, and as he's driving past the door, you look through the door, and it's just everything's on fire it just it, it but you know surprise surprise uh, and nobody really is surprised when that stuff happens it just happens um i don't know how there's that much left to burn inside of fisher but it's it, apparently every once in a while there's a fire um now as of last year word came down that fisher body plant was going to be renovated they're going to transform it into 400 apartments plus retail space uh, this, this whole redevelopmental plan was coming through, uh, according to the, the news article that I read, $134 million, all 
are going to be pumped into Fisher Body, and they're going to rename it Fisher 21 Lofts. Oh, isn't that genteel? All right. It's going to go into the site, uh, and apparently it's been approved uh, by the city, uh, and we could see work start supposedly this year. I haven't seen anything happen yet, maybe next year, and they want to complete it by 2025. I, I don't know. Uh, rumor has it there'll be some partial demolition. Uh, there might be some stuff in the central part of the building. Uh, they want to uh, create two different buildings, apparently, is what I've, what I've, to what I understand, and uh, maybe even a central courtyard. So I'm not sure. We'll see. Uh, if it happens at all, that's the thing. That's the thing about redevelopment in 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 Detroit. A lot of big promises are made uh, for some of these historical buildings, and then they always fall through. The money doesn't come through, or there's holdups somehow, uh, or interest wanes, and everything's over and done. So we'll see. Time will tell. Uh, when the fences go up, then we'll know for sure. Uh, now, again, this is a good thing for the city. I'm not going to lie. I mean, this is good. Uh, if this actually goes through, this is awesome for the city. You know, there'll be jobs, the construction jobs. Um, it's good that a historical landmark building is going to be uh, reborn, right, technically. Uh, it'll be renovated and saved from destruction. It's not going to get torn down like so many others. So it's a win. But it's also a loss for those of us who have really come to love the place. Uh, you know, it's kind of weird, but it's true, and I'll get into all that. This place uh, holds a special, uh, you know, a place in our hearts uh, for a lot of us that explore, especially people that have been in Detroit for a long time. Um, I'm re- a relatively, uh, you know, relatively a newcomer to Detroit, so this place, um, you know, I, I have grown to love it in the five years that I've been going there. Um, other people have been going there since the '80s, you know, and have seen it, you know, kind of wind down to what it is. So it's just, but a lot of us have a, a a special place in our heart for this building, and it will be very hard to see it go, uh, even though it's not being torn down. We won't have access to it anymore. But let me tell you guys a couple stories about Fisher in my own experience. Um, and if you have any stories of your own, feel free to share on Mr. P Explores on the, on the Facebook page. Uh, just drop in there and, and, and drop your own stories. Would love to hear them or drop me a message. I would love to hear your experiences at this awesome building. Um, before I get into those stories, I mean, a lot of people kind of kind of joke around. Fisher Fisher's kind of that go-to that everybody goes to when they got nothing else to do. Um it's considered a blown out. Oh, it's blown out. It's old. It's everybody's been there. It's it's eh, so what. Uh, yet at the same time, we all keep steep, we still keep going. We we still keep going to this place, even though we're like, oh, it's blown out, because uh, there's that much to see. Uh, there's always something that you missed. There's always something that you can can reshoot or shoot in different elements or shoot in different ways. Um, it's just that kind of building. So uh, my first trip to Fisher was in January of. of uh, January 2019. Uh, it was uh, in the middle of a blizzard. All right, we had come down, uh, actually come up to Detroit from Cleveland uh, for the weekend for the first time ever. Uh, a friend of ours had invited us up and said, "Hey, come on up, and I'll take you around to some spots." And uh, we stayed at a hotel outside of town. And that night there was no snow on the ground. We drove up to Detroit, totally clear. The next morning we wake up and it's a complete blizzard going on outside. Uh, the snow is piling up. You know, it had already was like six inches. It just it was getting higher and higher. And you know, we had come all this way. We'd spent money in a hotel. We're like, damn it, we're gonna go explore. I don't care how snow snow is there. We're getting out there. And maybe that was a crazy thing to do, but we did it anyway. So we got in our car and the first place we went to. Uh, our friend was going to meet us later. He, he had something else he had to do. He's like, here, go to Fisher. Here's the pin for Fisher. Here's how you get in. Have fun. I'll meet you at noon. 
So we we went and you know we we got on I ninety four and we drove and in the middle of this 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 massive snowstorm you know in the distance looming ahead was this massive building it looked it looks like something out of the Lord of the Rings in the middle of the snowstorm it was beautiful uh, if an industrial building can be beautiful it was beautiful it was you know completely covered in snow and the, the wind was blowing the snow all around and it was completely silent other than the snow hitting the ground and here's this massive building. So we parked out front. Uh, at that time, there was a business across the street, and people were working that day. It was a Saturday. So we parked with the other cars, and we trudged through the snow uh, down the block and into the building. And we spent the next three hours or so exploring every single floor. And it was cold as hell that day. We're talking like 11 degrees. I mean, I had a shirt wrapped around my face. Um, I had my gloves on as much as I could. You know, at that point, I was still doing YouTube videos, so I had my GoPro. Uh, you know, I didn't I didn't have a, a real camera yet, so the GoPro was kind of my, my tool that day. And we did a whole video of Fisher. Um, maybe I'll share a link to that. Maybe if I can if I can find the link to it, it's on YouTube. I'll share the link for you guys if you want to watch the the original video of me there. Uh, we we did not hit the top floor where, where all the good stuff was because at that time, all the stairwells up to the top floor were welded shut. And it was so damn cold, we didn't have the patience to go find the way up. There was a way up, we didn't have the patience to go looking for it. But we hit every other floor, and it was just amazing because it was someplace different. It was someplace we had never been before. It was not Westinghouse in Cleveland. It was not, you know, it was something amazingly new. And, and even though people had been there a thousand times in Detroit, for us it was brand new. And that was where my love with Fisher began. Now, to get up to the second floor, like I said, the stairwells were all sealed off. The only way up at that point was to climb that, uh, there's a section of floor that had collapsed that I mentioned earlier. You had to climb up this thing. And it's, it's probably at about 70 degrees, you know, at an angle. So we had to actually climb up this thing. There had been a rope. Someone had tied a rope to the top and we had to climb up this rope like we're mount, you know, mountaineering. And it kind of felt like mountaineering because as we're climbing you know, slowly up this slope, there's there's blizzard, there's, there's snow blowing in from the outside, from the windows you know, onto this, this this giant collapsed floor. And uh, you know, we were shitting our pants the whole time going up this thing thinking, okay, what if the rope snaps? What's going to happen? You know, my girlfriend was terrified. But we, but we earned that second floor. We earned the rest of the building by climbing that. And it just was like, at the <laughs> once we got up there, we're like, oh, shit, we're going to have to get back down again. All right. But at that point, we're like, all right, we'll worry about that later. We spent hours, three hours, just wandering Fisher, just just, just, just capturing all of the graffiti and all of the snow that had piled up. And it was, it was a beautiful day for that, even though it was deathly cold, like frostbite cold. Uh, but we had a great time there that day. And uh, we wanted to go to the roof, but the roof was covered in over a foot of snow by that point. So that wasn't happening. Um, that would have to wait for another day. But uh, by the time we were done and we had wound up getting back to the second floor, we actually had to uh, kind of rappel down, down with the rope, rappel down to the bottom floor, which was terrifying in itself um, when you're not used to that kind of thing. But we managed. We're alive. We made it happen. Uh, it's a great story to tell you know, to, to, to the kiddos. All right. Um, 
So anyway, you know, over the years, I have made many trips since then. Uh, there's so many things in the Fisher Building to see, uh, and I know I'm missing a bunch of them, but like, for instance, there's the blue windows. There are these beautiful blue windows uh, that if you catch it on the right day, you'll get this blue tint to your, to your photos, um, and sadly, they're getting broken more and more as the years go on, but at one point, you had this beautiful blue tint in this one section where the, where the, 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 the windows to the outside just, you know, it just blue light. It's amazing. Uh, just the amount of graffiti. This is probably my favorite place to go to see graffiti in Detroit. There's so much from so many artists that don't even paint anymore. This goes back like 10 years or so. Uh, just some amazing work there. Uh, they have a, an awesome water tower. On the roof is this massive water tower, and the ladder is still there. You can climb up to the top of the water tower if you really want to give it a shot. Uh, and the view there, the view on the roof is bar none. You can see all of downtown Detroit. You can see everything around you it, on, a, on, a, on a nice, clear day. It's just a beautiful place to be. Uh, if you've never been to Fisher, I highly recommend you hit that roof before there's no roof left to hit. All right. Uh, the fifth floor is the most important part of the whole building. That is where all of the, uh, the tracks are left behind. The tracks and the booths and the different areas where the cars would have ridden around on these tracks as, as, as men would have installed different things on the assembly line. Uh, the assembly line tracks are still there. And the most famous part of the building is uh, this central area called the curve, what, I, what we call the curve. And that's this big curve where the, where the track goes around and you get this big wide angle shot of it with your camera and it's, it's just one of those iconic shots. Uh, you know, the, 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 the brick floor underneath it and these rusty tracks and the graffiti all around it and the windows off to the right-hand side. Beautiful. It's a beautiful shot to take. Um, I highly recommend you see the curve if you, if, you, if you get a chance. If you've never been there, the curve is worth it. Um, yeah, I mean, so many things happened at Fisher. You know, many an end-of-the-day celebratory beer or adult beverage we had there at the curve after shooting uh, we would come to Fisher at the end of the day after a long day and we would go and get alcohol of our choice and we'd ascend the steps to the fifth floor and we'd head over to the curve and we would shoot uh, the sunset golden hour you know we, we you get these amazing shots of the sun coming through and everything is this golden orange color and you, you get these beautiful pictures of the, the pillars and the machinery uh, and then we would crack our beers and watch the sunset and watch the lights come on in the city and just shoot the shit it was a wonderful time to be there um, I have witnessed music videos being filmed there um, I've seen skateboarders and BMX bikers using the clap section as a ramp and, and have watched them do their thing um, I've seen people drive their cars inside the factory for whatever reason um, a couple weeks ago I told you guys about Taylor Swift fans who climbed that same incline in their sandals for some crazy ass reason uh, I've, 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 we've chased kids who were smashing windows out of there. We've terrified, we've terrified teenagers. Yes, as adults, um, you know, we've sat uh, on the seat of this long defunct old floor sweeper that's still sitting exactly where it was left. I'm assuming back in 1984. Uh, I call like to call it the Zamboni. There's this this uh, like a floor cleaner, like you'd sit on and you'd drive it around and clean the floors. Uh, somebody probably parked it in that spot. And it's probably been there. It's so heavy that nobody took it, and it's I'm amazed the scrappers haven't taken it. But it's still sitting there, uh, wherever they parked it when they when they closed the building. It's still there. Um, there's just so much there, so so much, uh, you know. And we've had laughs there. 
You know, we felt at peace there in the silences. Uh, Fisher's a great place to go and contemplate things because it's quiet. There's nobody there. Uh, it's not a place the homeless hang out. There's not a lot of people go there that cause trouble, that, that go up past the second floor. All right. Uh, it's just a place to go and think and relax and put your troubles out. Kick your troubles out of your life for an hour or two. Uh, and we've done that. You feel very much at peace. There's a very peaceful feeling, a very peaceful vibe at Fisher. Right. Uh, you know, f- friends of mine, we've gone there and talked about all kinds of life situations, good, bad, and whatever. Uh, you know, a lot of f- solid friendships were made and solidified at Fisher. I mean, hell, we even have a plan to have a goodbye cookout up there, uh, probably early this fall, if it hasn't been cordoned off by then. We'll, we'll drag a, a grill up there and some burgers and have ourselves a burger. You know, drink to Fisher. Um, now, I mean, you, you, you come to see these places as your own even though they aren't. You know, obviously, we don't own these buildings. They're, they belong to the city, technically, and uh, we're trespassing, you know, the big T word. We are there against the law. Um, but you really see them as your own because you've spent so much time there. You grow attached to these buildings. Uh, you've built memories in these places. You know, and even though they're dangerous, toxic, and dirty, you, you have memories that, that you cherish. You, 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 um, you, you think fondly upon the times you've been there. And it can be hard to let a place like this go, which all of us are going to have to deal with. Um, I've talked to many explorers and people in Detroit, and they're having a hard time with it, too. It's just one of those things. It's like this is, it's this place we've spent a lot of time in, and it's going to be gone. Um, and you can never completely explain this to someone who doesn't do what so many of us do. You could never explain it to the asshole mayor of Detroit who sees Fisher Body as just another abandoned place with graffiti that makes him personally look bad. Right? He thinks, oh, this is an affront to my existence. I must tear it down. Right? Uh, you can never fully explain it to colleagues at work or family members. Um, you know, They cannot wrap their heads around why, for the love of the gods, they, why do you spend your time in these filthy, terrifying places? They, they don't get it. I've had so many uh, moments where I've tried to explain this to my fellow teacher colleagues, and you know, everybody's like talking about where they went for summer vacation. Oh, we went to Disney World. Oh, we went to California. Oh, we went to Hawaii. Where did you go, Mr. P? Detroit. <laughs> Ugh, why would you go there? And I tell them why, and they just look at me with these crazy looks like, wh- whatever. Whatever, man, you're nuts. Uh, and that's fine. You know what? Fine. Let them, let them think that. I don't care. Um, you do. You get, you, you, you get weird looks for explaining the real reasons why you love these places. But in the end, you do not care, right? You champion these places because, after all, they're, they're yours. In a way, they are yours. And you will stand by them and stick by them and, 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 and talk you know, as I'm doing right now, I'm talking, you know, this, 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 this grand gesture to, to, to Vischer body plant, this old factory, hundred year old factory. That's, you know, that a lot of people would never probably even have heard of before. Right. Uh, you've fallen in love with these brooding and dim rooms, these crumbling columns, you know, all the artists that have put their paintings, you fall in love with those pieces. You know, those pieces by heart. If you see photos that people put up, you're like, I know where that's at. You, 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 you know them. They're part of you. They're part of your life. Uh, you know, you become enamored with these rusting pipes and the industri- those big industrial sinks that you find, uh, broken glass panes. And, you know, who, who gives a damn when anybody thinks past that? You love it for what it is. You, you see the beauty in it, and it's yours. So to hell with everybody else. All right. Now, no doubt we'll be, we'll be around to document her as she changes into whatever the hell she's going to be. You know, if it even happens, um, it'll be sad. Um, and, 
you know, we will know in our hearts we'll never really get to step foot back into her again, right? We'll never get to walk the massive long hallways and the, the stand between the columns and, 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 and drink beer at sunset. We'll never have to ascend or descend her grungy stairwells where the, you know, the railings have been scrapped and it's straight fall down to the, to the bottom. Um, you know, we'll never look down her elevator shafts ever again. Um, we'll never have those good times at the curve again. Um, you know, it's going to be hard. You know, we'll never get to laugh at some of the ridiculous stuff that happens in and around the place on any given trip. And believe me, crazy stuff happens at Fisher. You name it, it's probably happened. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this in another episode. I'll mention it again. We were there exploring recently, and we were on the roof, and we looked down. And in the parking lot, somebody had pulled their car in, and uh, is an African-American guy, and he had his son was sitting on the hood of the car. You know, obviously part of the video, just sitting on the car. I, we really, all I could hear was the music. Uh, he was sitting on the hood of the car, and behind the car, like what would have been in the shot in the background, was what I assume was either his wife or girlfriend or whoever. She was twerking. She was a heavier lady, and she was twerking. And I, we, we had no idea what they were doing. We just kind of watched in fascination, like, all right, sure, <laughs> sure. And then they packed it up and they left. And, you know, we've, we've seen so many different shenanigans happen in that place um, on any given trip. But in the end, I guess, you know, at, at the end, at least she'll be standing. She won't have been erased like so many other places. Uh, the mayor of Detroit has chosen to delete from existence because they get in the way of his personal vision of a sterilized version of his gentrified city. Right, you know, there's money to be made from the place. Somebody was able to convince him of that, so he 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 was going to demolish it. But when someone bought it, he decided it was fine. Um, so at least she'll endure. Fisher Body Plant Twenty One will endure. It'll still be there, um, even if we can't ever go inside it again. Right. Many of her future residents will never know the adventures we all had and the very spaces they will be inhabiting. Right, and many of them in time will never even know that she was abandoned. You know, as time goes on, you know, people live there; they'll never even think, "Hey, this was an abandoned building." You know, the generation ahead, they'll never know. Uh, but we'll remember. We'll remember, and our photos, and our videos, and our blogs, and our journals, and our, our websites, and whatever else, we'll make sure that none of that will ever be forgotten. So, in the end, uh, as sad as it is to see Fisher go. Um, we will, we will, we will still have her in our, in our memories. We'll still have her, you know, on our, on our different pages and, and in our stories that we'll tell. So that's, that's always, that keeps me going. All right. So that about wraps it up, guys. I did want to, I just, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about Fisher since, since it's been on my mind and I know it's, it's going to be a very short amount of time before she's gone and at least inaccessible. And I, I figured this was a good time to talk about that. So anyway, I hope you guys are, are gearing up for an awesome weekend. Um, I will be out in the in the sweltering heat, as I'm sure many of you will be. So stay cool out there, stay hydrated. Uh, you know, do what you got to do. Don't go too crazy. We don't want anybody dying of of, of heat problems. All right. Um, on that note, I will let you guys go. Uh, again, if you have if you have personal Fisher stories, I'd love to hear them. Drop on by at Mr. P's Facebook page and uh, check things out there. Give us your story um, and stop by and say hello. All right. Uh, I will see you guys next week. Have a good one. Uh, Take care. Keep on exploring. And we will see you in the next one. This is Mr. P signing off.